Welcome back to episode 100 and unlucky or lucky 13. I am Mike. I'm here with Anthony. I am here with Grizz. Guys, we're in September. We're getting closer uh, to Halloween, right? The Halloween extravaganza that we apparently have every year, right, yeah. Anthony? Yeah. The, will this be the third annual? Exactly. Well, yeah. Third. third. Yeah, third. I think third. Yeah. Damn, we're coming close. Grizz, you're alive, right? No <laughs> hospital visits. Yeah, this week. Right? I'm making it work. There you go, man. See, you're back at work. You're, you're eating food. Doing good, right? Life's I feel good. okay. I'm dude. I'm I'm shedding weight. I'm a new man. Yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, look at that. Schfeld. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's going the band practice, right? Feeling good. Yeah, dude. Getting We're a little bit back to normal. Life's feeling a little bit normal at this point. Slapping the new bass, right? Oh, felt well, good. What'd you get? You got yeah. Rickenbacker? Did you get Rickenbacker? <laughs> yeah, right. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, dude, this What'd was a get, this was a BC fucking Rich. nightmare. I got this 35 scale, like really nice mahogany uh, ESP LTD bass. And oh, there's nice. a huge backstory behind it. The fact that like I bought it in fucking mid July and it was lost in the mail for the entire month of August. Pretty much wrote it off, got my money back. And like two weeks after I get my money back, the fucking thing shows up at my doorstep. Yeah. Do you get yeah. both? Do you have both? No, he did the right thing. Oh. No, no, he did yeah, the right dude. thing. Yeah. He the found guy the guy and he paid him. Oh, oh! Is it, so you bought it from somebody else? You didn't like order from the company? No, no, it was a used base. Yeah, yeah I bought it on Reverb. It. Yeah, some guy, some guy like a uh, post office found that and just started like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Either. Go home, do that. Wrote it off. I was like, that's never fucking coming. It didn't move from yeah. Pittsburgh. I told you it was going to come, man. A month. I yeah. said get your money back, but I told you it's going to just show up one day. <laughs> sure many, shit, it's exactly what happened as soon as I got my money back. How many back. strings? It's a four string, right? Okay. Yeah, four string. Yeah, yeah. you probably saw like a, it was like a seven string bass. I threw it out. No point. <laughs> Anthony, has a, Anthony has a history of multi-stringed basses, yeah, right? I sold that. What, did you have a six? I had a six string Spectre. Yeah. Oh, really? That was nice. The, yeah, that was... That yeah. was Quite the base. I liked it. Uh, the, the low end sounded great. Yeah. What, what head were you using? The V, the SVT4 Pro. The there you go, one, baby. Right? Hell yeah. I think it's great. That was, yeah, Anthony. Got was, preamp tubes. Damn. Expensive. Makes no difference. Expensive no. to, and, uh, to maintain. And now I use an Ampeg um, scrambler combo. There you go. And a guy at a show is like, man, what are you running your head through? I'm like, it's a combo amp. And I was an idiot for years touring the country <laughs> with a thousand pounds of gear. When I, I, still, just... I still run a Mad Am GT150. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Two cabinets. I, play, I played a show in a theater and then in like a small like a small room and literally it all was all the same thing. Here's the XLR sound guy. Here's the XLR. The bass sound the same both nights. I just got the, uh, <laughs> hey, can you just like turn down a little bit? It's like, yeah, bro. And you do the thing where uh, you go over to the uh, the amp and you just turn Check your, your phone. Yeah, you and just then, turn it. Or you turn it the other way. Yeah. It's like, oh, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I switched just, to that fucking, uh, that dark glass amp, the little small one that oh, they got. Wow. The, I got the 900. 
Cool. Yeah. Dude, holy fuck. For, I could I have it in a little tiny suitcase and it's ready to go. Yeah. It's the easiest like touring gear you could possibly imagine. There it is. When I, he's hopping yeah. trains again, he can bring that with him, right? You could, yeah. you could slap the base in the desert. I was right? I was thinking about getting a new new habit every like but like literally the combo I use just is run it's just powered. The sand zamp is like that's like on my board. Oh, the Tech Twenty One's where it's at, dude. Underrated. A sand zamp is the best fucking underrated. Thing. The under no, like literally the best. Yeah. I love it. That's like when you go from using those shitty like fucking switchers to like a Lely. Yeah. It's like oh shit. Was it the Tech? Um, the Tech whatever the Tech effects. Yeah. It's like the, yeah the cheaper one that like you just hear. So gear nerds obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were all in bands, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, no big deal. You know, uh, it's a band. So, this week, <laughs> we're going back to hell, right? I feel like that's like a common yeah, theme on this podcast. Yeah. All right? So, I don't know if uh, we're going we back. We pretty much exist in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish this was Hellraiser 1. Yeah. And no, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, sorry. We watched Hellbound, oh, Hellraiser 2. Yes. Now I love this movie. This is the f- this is my favorite Hellraiser of the whole series. Do you know there's ten fucking Hellraiser movies? Yes. Jesus Christ! Crazy. Did you just really say ten? I had no there's idea it got that high. There's ten, and I realized I think there's like three I didn't say. Yeah. Well, I have only seen one through three. Let's see. Let's see. Four might have been a thing. I've seen. Okay. First of all, Hellraiser released at the Toronto Film Festival. September 9th, 1988. So that's technically the first showing of this. Oh, it was uh, I guess to the public. Uh, the wide US release was on, I love this, December 23rd, 1988. Go see this with your family on Christmas Eve, baby. Oh, how fun <laughs> would that fucking be? I would love that. Hell so yeah. this was made on a, so this, this one was made on a $3 million budget compared to, I don't know what the first Hellraiser was. Probably a million. But as the series went on, the budget obviously got lower and lower and lower and lower. So I said that there was 10, right? So the first Hellraiser was 1987. Hellbound, the one we're doing tonight, 1988. Now the third Hellraiser, Hell on Earth, that was in 1992, right? Yeah. Then you had Bloodline in 1996, Inferno in 2000. Hellseeker in 02, Deader in 05, Deader. <laughs> Hellworld in 05, so there was two in 05, and then in 2011 and 2018 there was Revelations and Judgment, both of those didn't have Doug Bradley playing Pinhead. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I actually just watched uh, Revelations maybe like a week ago. Is that the one with like, the chubby Pinhead? A- Yes, that's the one where the kids go to like Mexico and they like oh. kill the hooker. And, yeah, like, so they come back and all. You know what? It was a it was watchable. Yes, I might have watched that on Tubi actually. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> Tubi. Uh, I don't. Oh, uh, I saw Judgment too. That's the one with the house. Did you see that? No. Like the detective goes I, to the house and his. It's all. No, no. Up to Bloodline, one, I saw. I've, I've watched like regularly whenever I'm going to watch these movies, but I definitely don't watch any of the other ones. Yeah, Bloodline's the the space one, right? I remember that one. Yeah. No, that, that's like to me, that's the one where I'm just like, ugh, 
I can't take it. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's that, that's that's the end. That's where you're like, okay, I've had enough yeah, of this the fucking first, franchise. The first three, the first three are, are fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Hell on Earth is like kind of cheesy, but it still at least feels like a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. You know, and to me, like after that, it just it's a steady decline. And they just get worse and worse as they go. <laughs> and more and more like unforgettable, you know? It'll be interesting to discuss. You said this is your favorite. And I, out of the three, I think there's a lot to, to pick apart with the argument of which one is the best or, you know, which has the most value now compared to uh, what people probably thought when it came out. So it'll be interesting to pick it apart together. Yeah. The, the thing that's really funny about this is that two came out in 2005. Like, why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's so uh, it just obviously like these weren't being released to theaters. I think part three was probably the last one or maybe I, was part it four in been, theaters. It might, three might have been the last one. For yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. I think four really probably went straight to video because that was also like prime time straight to yeah. video for like the B. Uh, I guess like franchises, yeah. you know what I mean? The non well, yeah. major. Uh, I think it was Miramax released part three, right? Probably. And then who? I don't know who released part four, but I just don't see that having any. Well, sort three of, was the same year of a lot of those like weird sci-fi horror movies, like like um, like Lawnmower Man. And I feel like everybody was like, like I feel like there was like a small little bump in those like franchises that kind of come back. Yeah, because that movie for some reason. It's pretty popular, but it was Pierce oh, like, Brosnan in that. Yes, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, it totally plays into that like '90s yeah. technology boom. Yeah, type of thing what that was happening it? at the time. He yeah. was he was supposed to be Bond already, but he wasn't because of Remington Steel. And then shortly after the movie, about three years, then he was Bond. Yeah, <laughs> so it was. It <laughs> was. It was Remington Steel between Remington Steel and 07 and then 007 and. When he was the de- um, the boyfriend and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire the following. Then it took another two. <laughs> then it took another two years for the game to come out. Oh yeah, for Goldeneye to come out. Oh my out. god! Can you can you believe Hell- that? It took two two years after the release of the movie for that game to come out. Yeah, and people love it. Yeah. Hey man. Best game of all time. I don't know yeah. about that. Come on, dude. I don't know about that, man. Uh, no, is there any time. other game you know, that was more? changing of the time, uh, or just like changing of gaming as far as first person shooters go, like that. That Duck started hunt. it. Duck hunt, bro. Duck hunt, man. No, 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 no. You no. know you put the gun to the screen. <laughs> hey, anybody has duck hunt? Just put 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 the gun to the screen. Yeah, you know it's a sick. No, it's a sick game. The Terminator Two game. Oh, that game was oh, the gun the, one. Yeah, in the arcade. arcade. Yeah, that was good. The Terminator Damn. Two game for Super Nintendo was like Damn. sucked. I was so disappointed. Well, because you had to use like the D pad. It wasn't the same. Yeah, it was. Like, you didn't have like an Uzi that you were fucking. You know, oh, I got a Mac Ten. A like I'm a I'm a six year old. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> hands are covered in like mozzarella grease. What was the other good? Yeah. Like stick grease, and you're trying to shoot the gun. Operation Wolf. Oh, that was another know. one that like had the the cool gun. Oh, what what, what uh, you already? I think you just said the, uh, what is it? Tech? No, uh, L A L A cops, L A crime. There's the 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 big one with the red and blue gun. Oh, that was uh, the shit crisis? right there. No, not well. No, before Time Crisis, there was a game called like L A cops or. LA crime or whatever and it's just yeah. like like two like guys with slick back hair and you Oh, isn't it like um it's the it's the red and red and blue gun. Yeah, I just yeah. know those I guns know, and that game was the I shit. I keep thinking I keep thinking LA Crackdown, but that's the that's a movie. 
Yeah, uh, that would be a great game. But, but you're talking about the game where like you're picking up bags of coke and stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Is that the one? Yeah, that's that's a wild game, man. It should have been. Did we play that a barcade? Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did they make? Did they? Did they make New Jack? Uh, New Jack City? Uh, uh, a game? Did they? I, I mean, don't know, like maybe. a gun game? Was it, that one? <laughs> I don't know. If it was, it was probably for like the Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, look, I gotta look that up. <laughs> no, this. No, actually, Sega would probably have that. Jack City, yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to just get into this movie? Because I feel like there's a lot to say. Yeah, bring it down. The vision is renewed. The power is reawakened. The fear is reborn. Because they have returned. Time to play. Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. Brace yourself for terror you have never imagined. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. And horrors you can never escape. And you wanted to know. Now you know. Last year, they brought hell to earth. Now, they'll take you Hell. <laughs> Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. Time to play. Hellraiser 2. Grizz, I uh, I guess I'll do the synopsis this week, right? Uh, I guess it's my turn, right? Maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Hellraiser 2. Uh, Kirsty and the Box are back, and this time they're actually going to hell. Uh, how about yeah, that's good enough? Whatever. Yeah, I mean that pretty much sums it up, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, Kirsty from the first movie is now in a insane asylum. And somehow she's uh, by chance, right, uh, under the care of a doctor that's obsessed with the uh, lament configuration. Just, just so happens Chenard. to be, yeah, obsessed with the yeah. exact same thing she's dealing with. Yeah, yeah. and there, and there also happens to be a girl named Tiffany who's a master at solving puzzles. Right, she's a mute. Uh, How would you say her real name? Pretty- I am Megan Borman. A uh, Mogan. I am Megan. Imogen? Imogen? Oh, man. Imogen? I like that Imogen band, Mormon? Imogen Heap, kind of. This, this was after Nightmare 3, Nightmare 3 right? Uh, this was, yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. 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 A lot of similarities there, don't you think? Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, you think there's similarities to yeah, Nightmare like 3? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, there's like the. Asylum. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, two. That's like a hot topic. Yeah. So this one is quite different than the first movie right uh the first movie i feel like has a lot more uh like tension right it's a little bit like grimier sleazier 
compared to this one. This one feels a little bit more, not that it is, but like mainstream. You yes. know, like they were trying to make a movie to like, that's a little bit more acceptable. They obviously had to give in to the MPAA and everything and remove things, just like everything else of that time. Yeah. Completely different uh, pacing also in the in compared yeah. to the two movies. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are back from the first movie. Most of the important characters are back. Some are not. Some are not. <laughs> and um, what was it? I read that this was like greenlit as the first one was wrapping up. Yeah, they they greenlit this like as soon as they saw, I guess, a uh, like a cut of the first movie. They were like, "Yeah, we're down with this." <laughs> and this movie is pretty different than the first. Right, that you could definitely tell it has a higher budget. When you watch the first movie now, especially the VHS, you could see like, like, oh man, I don't remember it looking like. You have an issue with the rewind effect, (laughs) Uh, dude. Just like you could barely see what's on the screen right now, right? (laughs) Like the whole left side of the screen is just dark. Uh, But like I said, there's a lot of characters that are back. Uh, What'd you guys? What do you guys think about? Everybody that returned, we have a few new people, right? Uh, Kyle is one of them. Yeah, Chenard being the main. Chenard's assistant. Mm-hmm. Dude, did you see, uh, did you notice that um, Kyle is the guy Gorman from Aliens? Yes, he is. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, right? So funny. Uh, but Dr. Chenard is like the, I guess, main antagonist in this movie. And he's like a super fucking weird guy. He's got, he's a doctor. I, I guess he's like a brain surgeon, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got like this floor of the hospital that just has like severely mentally ill people. And he's doing all these experiments on them, right? He's like obsessed with the lament configuration in his office. It's, It's covered with shit from, you know, research and other boxes. He's like a real motherfucker in this movie, right? Yeah. And when he turns into a Cenobite, like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm so torn on him because I feel there's some aspects of him in this movie that I'm just kind of really bored with and that the pacing is real, real kind of draggy. And I'm like, man, I wish this would speed up through a lot of this shit. But then there's other aspects, like you're saying, like his office and him turning into the Cenobite that is just absolutely killer in this movie. So I have like a struggle with that character in particular of being like, yeah, he's a great asset, but I just wish some of the shit with him was just kind of sped up a little bit. I really like how he he makes the same turn that Julia makes in the first movie where like in the beginning, he's like horrified by like the killing and everything. Yeah. And then as the movie goes on, he gets more and more stoic as it goes on. Like he almost looks like he's like cool like standing there watching it happen you yeah. know what i mean i'm suspicious I li- of him i really like jump that. oh dude well you could tell he's like a total fucking weirdo he's like a total creep yeah he gives that movie. vibe for sure yeah like he's definitely like an like he would never trust this guy yeah he he really reminds me of the guy from uh the reanimator uh grizz fucking what's his uh, name I should know this right. Uh, Dr. Carl Hill. That's uh, that's the dude's there name from the anime. He, yeah, is, yeah. he is so much like that character that like I, I, didn't, I never even put that together until you were just saying it too. I'm like, yeah, he has that same smug, arrogant, I don't know, doctor asshole vibe going on. 
like you know he's up to no good right yeah. like just everything he like does you can tell he has like an ulterior motive and cocky as and, fuck oh yeah and when like he takes that one dude into his office on the mattress and gives him like the razor like wow, what a wild what a scene yeah, yeah what a scene that is like that guy screaming and like you it's hard to it watch it cuts in between like reality and what he sees and yeah. he sees like maggots all over his body yeah, yeah his chest yeah. is all opened up and shit and like the <sighs> bugs are all coming out it's so damn. gnarly yeah damn get them off of me and he's like cutting himself with the razor oh dude what a imagine seeing that in theaters being like 11 years old or 12 years old your older brother bringing you you know what's <laughs> wild talking. to think about too that i was just thinking about when we we're talking about it especially you know if you think about when this came out in the 80s uh it's not even too far removed from a lot of the atrocities that were being uncovered in like the mental health facilities that were going on all over the country where like these people were being tortured and all these experiments and shit so this like really hits a nail and a nerve in that kind of like era of these people who were kind of fresh off of that and that's got a really cool mindset yeah, to like think them, about them just treating people like absolute shit oh right? like fucking like garbage like dude. fucking rot damn surgeries a, have, all kinds of shit do we have a abandoned insane asylum like a complex uh, out in Kings Park, yeah, uh, in Suffolk County, Long Island. I shot there many of times. Is it still standing? Yeah, I shot there two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it's they didn't. They always say they're taking it down. They're not. It's a tourist attraction, dude. It's huge. People it's go there. Huge. Go, why do you think the rest stop? I have a theory that that's why the West stop is right there. So like, you can can you see it from the rest stop? No, people who are coming out of like state to go to the like go there will stop at the rest yeah. stop food and then go right to the look that up, guys. It's it's really fucking. We have crazy. a beautiful old one here, and then they turned it into a fucking hotel a couple years ago. <laughs> 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 Figure that out. There, you can go stay in an old fucking mental hospital. There was one by my parents' house in Pennsylvania, and they like when I was younger, you you'd pass by it. It was all fucking abandoned. It was. Like really fucking when you'd pass it at night, it was creepy looking. Oh yeah. They ended up tearing the whole thing down and now it's like an Applebee's, uh like an like a what are they the Hilton like inn or whatever. Yeah. It's one of those. It's really funny how like, well, it's no longer spooky, I guess. <laughs> so I grew up like back fucking hills of uh western New York and in this little town of Bethany, which is like basically the town that I grew up in. Uh, there's a very famous old kind uh, of, you know, a Saint Asylum type of place called Rolling Hills uh, Saint Asylum, and it's this huge brick building in the middle of fucking nowhere, Genesee County, and there's all these rolling hills and shit. And me and my friends would go there when we were in high school because it was abandoned, and we would drink and party and shit in there. Never saw anything that I can, you know, remember, and can't say that it was haunted and shit. But like a few years later, I'm watching all these like ghost shows, like ghost hunters and stuff like that. And they're at the fucking building. So now you can wow. go and like the owners are, you know, charging people a ton of money to stay there and doing ghost walks and shit like that. But I was like, dude, I fucking partied there almost every weekend growing up. <laughs> yeah. Kings Park, all you see is just like YouTubers. Yeah. Like yeah. People in there. We're going in. We're looking for ghosts. We got our fucking EVP. We're, we're Everything's here. fucked. Yeah. 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 Really, just going to get stabbed by a bum yeah. and get like asbestosis. Yeah. 
from like the tunnels and yeah, you're gonna see yeah, something you didn't expect that. but it ain't gonna be a ghost like a promise yeah wear your 3m mask and bring a baton with you i was filming there i was filming there for a band last week and the kid's like are you ever like afraid that something's gonna pop out i was like yeah my biggest fear is going in the building and there's just a guy on fire running like a bomb on fire like, ah! yeah, he was free basing into this fucking. But he's been he's been on fire Richard for Pryor. for, yes, for like the Richard hours. Pryor. Just yeah. yelling, help me! It's off. Go it's like, well, to- see ya. <laughs> no one else is. You know the uh, by like the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. Um. Are you, are you talking about um? Are you are you talking about the like the re- um the the, the greenhouse? Yeah, it's all in there. Yeah, yeah. That's there's also like, the ruins in Mutton Town. That's an, was an old castle. Yeah, that is King not Zod or whatever. That's yeah, not as cool as everyone yeah. thinks. Yeah, no. There's a lot of graffiti. It's like this is it. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. There's a stoop here and a frame. Yeah, I think, and it mm-hmm. smells like piss. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Kirsty coming back for this movie? I love it. Do you think that? Yeah. And you know what the best thing about it is that they had Uncle Frank too being a perv. Yeah. Oh, what it's a such creep, a weird. Man. Yeah, like, that's so weird. He's extra creepy. Uh, creepy in this. <laughs> and also, uh, Julia, like, I like how they make her like the super fucking fucked up one in this. She's the one harvesting the bodies. Right? What, what great imagery uh, you get in this yeah. film of her when she's like, you know, skinless and, and just brought back out of the mattress. That, like, muscle suit and shit that she's wearing is fucking amazing. And she's bleeding through everything. Yeah, yeah, everything has that blood all over it. Dude, and everything in that house, that uh, uh, Shannard's house that he takes her back to is fucking white. What a brilliant set design that is. Because her bright red, just, like, oozing muscle body just pops off the screen so much more in his house. And they do a good job with like leaving the bloody prints all over everything. Like it's super realistic, right? Like you wouldn't just have a, you know, a completely clean house yeah. if somebody was not with this bitch like walking. That. No, <laughs> no, she's wearing no. like the nightgown. The yeah, nightgown's like blue. yeah, it's what? fucking awesome. Another good character in this is uh, Tiffany, a very eighties yeah. like horror. Trope. Uh, yeah, I would say trope. Like the special girl, right? That like she's weird. You know, uh, sh- her thing is she's an expert at solving puzzles. So she's able to figure out the lament configuration. Sudoku. Yeah. It, you know, just like how Friday <laughs> the 13th part, uh, part 7 had the girl with telekinesis from the mental in- uh, asylum, yeah. right? All sorts of shit like that. I, uh, I like that trope. That's yeah. 180s trope that I really enjoy. And also, like, that she's mute, right? Yeah. So that was a big, that was like yep. a bunch of Nightmare 3, right? That's his Joey? Name. Joey. Yeah, and then he and he screams. Well, well isn't he power. not mute? He's choosing not to talk. I right? think he is mute. But doesn't he talk? He yells at the end. Yeah. Like, so, oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, in part four, he talks. Yeah, the glass yeah. shatters. The, the boiler's cold. <laughs> <laughs> What was the name? Of, what was the name of the big guy? Kincaid. Kincaid. Oh, he's the, the man. Second one. Uh, yeah. I mean, the fourth one. And his his it's dog's true. name is Jason. Oh yeah. He pisses. Yeah, he pisses on the grave, and that brings uh, Freddie back. Uh, I just watched him yeah. in Death by Dialogue, and I gotta say, I was not. Who? Kincaid. Yeah, was not. He's in that, really. Yeah, I wasn't over the moon about that movie. Yeah, what can you do, man? That's, Sweet a, that's another one. Yeah, some people like it, some people don't. What goes. can I say? Hey, that's how it goes. 
Can we yeah, start saying baseball. that? Can we start saying that it's like a rhyme? Can we make that a thing? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? That's baseball. Thing, no. Some no. Some some people like it. Some people don't. That's right. That's just how it goes. <laughs> and that's just that's like baseball. a very nineties bumper sticker. Yeah, 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 with like a like the, Shit the onyx, the onyx mm. frown face. <laughs> so, how do you think? You know, we were saying before this is quite different than the first. How do you think this differs from it? Like, it, it definitely doesn't have as of a like I guess serious. It's I of a tone. Yeah, I feel the first one has like as Chris said before, completely different pacing. But I feel like. This one's more like as like imagery is really good. I think the first one, the preface is more on the story, and this is kind of like a story to drive this yeah. imagery. I mean, don't I mean? get me wrong. This thing is this this movie's awesome, but like yes. the scene we just had on the TV was when you see all the bodies that Julia's been like feasting on. But I feel like it's not as um, uh, like scary. I yeah. guess. As in the first one, right? Yeah. I feel like the first one, it's way darker and way like yeah. more gruesome. I, and I, this one, it's just like a normal 80s horror yeah, movie. Yeah. I like this film in the sense that it's a true sequel, whereas you get a yes. continuation of a story. I, I That's my favorite kind of horror sequel is when it's like it's almost picking up right where the uh, last one left off. Uh, yeah. What I don't like about this one is what you guys just had, had had hit on is that it doesn't bring that same dark gritty yeah. um over the topness that the other ones do like even even like you were just saying with the scene that we're seeing here with uh, a lot of the bodies being hung up in, in Julia's room that's an opportunity for this to be a very intense scene but it just it comes off kind of hokey because it doesn't yeah, have yeah. that grittiness the first one does I do like though that she keeps putting her hand in the back of people's fucking heads. That's a great aspect. Yeah, <laughs> it gives you the fucking video, chills every time, dude. You get the hair in the back of your neck stands up. up. Yeah, yeah, and I like how it looks like in the movie Mosquito when like the mosquitoes are sucking all the blood <laughs> yeah. out of people. Shout out to Ek Ek Wimmer. Uh, so hard like to find right that here. fucking tape, dude. I gotta get my hands on one of those. <laughs> Movie's awesome. That's like a USA Special Network. Uh, <laughs> what? A USA Network special. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so this this franchise is kind of unique. It's been going longer than, I mean, not longer, but like more consistent, I guess, through yeah. the years than all the other films. So this had two in the in the eighties and some in the nineties, two thousands, and then the twenty tens. It's it's really spanned a huge amount of time. But do you consider this like an 80s franchise, a 90s franchise? Uh, well, it's so weird because I feel like we talked about it before where it's like compared to like, you know, Jason, Michael, like Freddy, like those have become like, like unless I'm wrong, has there been any like straight to video like ver of any of those? Uh, uh, uh no was was new nightmare in theaters yes okay so my point about it is hellraiser in my mind is not and i'm not knocking down the movie but it, it it was one of those it was like the tweener one between the, the top tier like it had it like pinhead as like a like a, a character uh-huh is like he like people would say like you know like 
Jason, Freddie, Michael, like Pinhead. If you're thinking yeah. that he's, it's it's just like if you're looking at those characters. I think that it's like the only one to go like straight to video. Like it, yeah. And I, I think it like our expectations were lowered because it went to video so quickly. It was yeah. like three. Then the next one was on VHS. You, you know, know what's what really mean? funny about that though? Like yeah. people still consider Pinhead like a horror icon. It's more the imagery though. It's the imagery. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what it is. I can tell you this. Most people probably have not seen past maybe the second movie. I think people, I could argue that people, just know opinion has never seen Hellraiser. You think so? Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. that's also look at us growing up. Like even mm -hmm. with Friday the Thirteenth, things like that. You knew who Jason was before you. Yeah, even for sure. Yeah. Saw a movie. Yeah. You knew who Freddy Krueger was before but, you even saw a movie. But, but that's my point: is that it was part of like it was the one, the last one of those like on like that level. Yeah. Like it was. I feel Hellraiser. I feel the. I feel the movies are stronger than the character Pinhead. Yeah. And I feel like Pinhead is just popular because he, it, what he looks like. Yeah, you know just what I mean. The, yeah, just his general yeah. look. And it's not knocking it down. I just think the it's first, cool. first one's a very cohesive story. This one, they try to do it, but I think for me, this one kind of, uh, it's it's hard to get past some of the missing performances of from the original. Yeah, That's like all. you don't get Larry. Like I really, right? I really wish that it was like a Halloween two style where it kind of just carried right in. Yeah. And you know, you could tell it's a different director or like different whatever. Like or, Friday the thirteenth part uh three and four. Go, like yeah next night that'd be great <laughs> that's all that's my biggest critique of that well one. apparently in the original script larry is supposed to be in hell with yeah, he, frank he didn't want to be a part of it yeah, yeah yeah because he was supposed to be like tied to frank like a siamese twin almost and they were gonna fight he was gonna kill frank and then he was actually gonna leave hell with tiffany and Kirsty. yeah and then he was gonna die as soon as they got back into like the real world so for me, yeah. I feel like this will always be uh, an 80s, 80s series. I know majority yeah. of the films came out uh, in the 90s and the 2000s and stuff. But like we've mentioned before, most of those aren't fucking worth watching. So yeah. the three that are the main focal point for me are all closer to the 80s than I, I would say any of the other ones. And it also just... It's also a weird thing where this is this is the the only 80s horror films that I can say kind of feel like a 90s horror movie. I don't know if you guys feel that way also. They don't have the yeah. same 80s feel as that the other ones do. Yeah. Yeah, especially part 2, it's it's definitely not dated. Like you, if you look at this and you uh and said like, "Oh, like this was this was released in like 1991." I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It definitely doesn't have that like real 80s type of thing going on compared to other ones. There's a, this this is like the series like very it's like a very hybrid series. It's like you get like slasher style plus like sci-fi plus body horror. It's like hitting on all. Yeah. The reason why it may feel like a 90s movie is because it's like like it's playing in all those tropes of all those big 80s trends yeah. mirroring it in like one type of film or series dude i gotta say man it is uh it is interesting to see the ways that they kill people in this franchise dude it's so many stretchy skin yeah yeah like you ever see most... you ever see the third one i ha i i know i have i just don't remember Chris, have you seen the third one like rather recently yes it's one of my favorites horror you know, movies of all time you know when they're like in the nightclub and like Pinhead shows up and they just start fucking killing everybody. Massacre like the whole start. fucking club. I remember yeah. that. I remember Dude, that. that shit yeah. is awesome, man. I love was it part three. 
Love but it. I'm trying to remember. He's, he's got like a blue light behind yes, him when he like comes a, in. Yeah. And uh, I really also like the the guy that had like the video camera, like I. That's that's he, like, what's the best part the of fucking part three, head. dude. Yeah. And the CD guy, people hate on that CD guy, but I like that the the DJ. Because CDs were the future. Yeah, yeah. Pull, pulling the thing, and he's all robotic when he's throwing them, and it makes the yeah. noise. Sick. I love it because it Sick. took a part of their personalities <laughs> and it turns them into the Cenobite based on you know an aspect of their life, which I think is such a cool fucking thing. And dude, at the like, if you think back when that movie came out. CD players and shit like that. That's all brand fucking new. So like, yeah, that's having to do with the well, CD were, player face is a big fucking deal and shit. Yeah, well, at that time, like could've, CD could've players were disc. finally affordable. Yeah, you know what I mean. It wasn't like a luxury item anymore. Laserdisc players. Oh my man, I got one right there. <laughs> Think about pitching this movie to a major studio. Yeah. Well, so what was, are what are the Cenobites? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cenobites. Cino Cenobites. Very similar design to uh, Neon Maniacs. <laughs> similar vibe. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, nah, not really. It's so just like a, a, It's like a similar like idea though. Not, okay. but not really. There's just like a group of monsters. Yeah. You know, that was I guess a trope towards the late '80s also. Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still one of my hey man. Love Monster Squad. That as corny as it is, and as like cliche as it today. is to say, like, dude, I watched that shit all Ooh, the time as a kid. <laughs> uh, who who's your favorite Cenobite? Do you have a favorite? Do either of you have a favorite? I like Ch- I like Chatterbox. I like him without the eyes though. I don't know I if you Chatterbox. noticed. He has a transition thing where he has eyes in this movie, and he yeah. doesn't in the other ones. And I like that better compared to the the whole with eyes thing going on here they apparently cut a scene where he is shown getting his vision huh. stupid yeah all of I think it everybody likes chatterbox yeah i think everybody loves chatterbox too but is that your favorite in all all the ones well i mean pinhead is obviously fucking iconic yeah. dude i mean doug is is great and his line delivery is is fantastic uh, you know, vagina neck. She's fucking cool in her own way. <laughs> female Cenobite. <laughs> Is that just her name? Female Cenobite? Yeah, I think that's yeah. how it's always credited. Female Cenobite. That's, that's cool. lame. Metal. Butterball. I mean, he is, he is fantastic. Cool. I think if I had to say like my favorite out of like the whole series, it would be the CD guy, the DJ. Mm-hmm. Oh, so really, if we're including reason, those, like, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. All of them. See, it would be tough because I really like the cameraman from three to the mustache guy with the camera eye and shit. Uh-huh. He's, he's such a good character in that movie. I kind of have a soft spot for him. He, he might be I, my favorite. I do also like the Chenard Cenobite. Oh, I forgot about him too. At the end of this dude, what a yeah, great character. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's so fucking weird. Dude. I love when he's get he gets pushed into the box, right? This thing is like grabbing onto him. The wires. And- you could see well yeah he gets like the wire on his face and then like these needles go in him and you see one draining his blood and his other like this other one replacing him with like a blue fluid and then when he comes back later he's blue yeah dude it's so So awesome that thing that goes in his mouth it's like a hoof with like a fucking thing on it that, going in his, that was such oh. a cool transition uh that that's like my favorite thing about this movie is you get two really great uh you you see Dr- uh, doug bradley's character you see his transition into hell uh, pinhead yeah, in the beginning cool. of this and that's one of the coolest scenes of this movie and then you see yeah. that one that you're just talking about 
the Chenard transition to being a Cenobite, both of which so fucking awesome. Well shot and really to cool think effects. I hesitated. Yeah. <laughs> he's line delivery is great. Think, yeah. Think about if you own that box. Yeah, if you open this box, a bunch of chains come out. And, Dude, all and the hell shots and hell sequences in this are fucking crazy. Yeah, it's great. The one that's on the TV right now is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's terrifying. The baby sewing its mouth shut, the clown on the mirrors and stuff. I love it. Oh, he's fucking awesome. He's really good. This movie, I imagine they had a haunted house based on this. I thought that when I was watching, man, this, this would be a great haunted house. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How bound? I do like the whole thing with the lament configuration in this, how it's tied to the whole Leviathan thing, you know? How when it's solved and everything, it actually starts changing the Leviathan. Yeah. Also, which that's like a whole other thing in this movie. When they're in hell, there's this giant, like, diamond-shaped lament configuration, basically. Yeah, and it's got this black light and shit, and it's it's Leviathan, and Julia's like, that's my god, right? And it's a cool thing that's going on, because there's, like, a horn effect that's happening coming off of it. And it's actually the SOS, or not SOS, it's the, uh, what is that shit called? Morse code. Yeah, Morse code for the word god, and that is such a cool nod to what is happening in that scene so what do you think that thing is it's i think it's just supposed to represent like you know the the controlling energy like the controlling factor of hell or whatever the lament configuration is the almighty god it's like the power of hell yeah that's like the hell's power plant <laughs> so I have a question for you. Uh, I, I read uh-huh. these books, and I'm a huge fan of Clive Barker in general. Um, and there's a big difference here with the Lamette configuration. Um, in all of the books, it's a completely smooth box that is fully taken apart and then putting back together. Whereas this has like that ornate design, and it's all you know mechanical and shit like that. Gold or brass? Yeah. Do you whatever. think it would Hollywood now? Like, do you think this movie would have as much power? And, you know, icon status as it does, if the box itself would have just been this plain. No, like no, the uh, the plain wooden box or whatever the hell it is. Like, I think you're right, not. because that box is almost as iconic as the figure of hell, uh, Pinhead himself. When it think of, yeah. hell, of this, these type of movies, dude, the lament configuration is like is as iconic as like the Jason mask. Hell yeah. Like you'll see you'll see that like oh I'm getting like a fucking horror sticker pack. That'll be in with like the Friday the thirteenth Jason mask, the Freddy glove, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Michael Myers mask and all that. That'll be in also. My fucking shower it's, curtain it's cool. is the uh, little Matt configuration. It's badass. See? See? You're down, man. You're really down. I'm with it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like in uh which one would that be? Five? Where they where they show the lament configuration being made, like the whole. Uh, oh man, like I can't not put my. It's like the Renaissance. It it's it's like the 1700s or whatever. Oh yeah, now yeah, I actually like that scene quite a bit. It's all like time period pieced and stuff. Yeah, he's like a, a toy maker or whatever, and he's commissioned to make this box for these people. It's like crazy fucking guys, right? Doing all devil worshiping bullshit. Or like trying to figure out how to get to hell or something. I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen figured that one in a out. while. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think's the deal with uh Chenard being the 
like strongest Cenobite. Like why would Leviathan, who also controls Pinhead and all those Cenobites, have him too? And then like he's going after them. Is he just like rogue, but not really? Cause that like tentacle like dick thing that's like attached <laughs> to his head, like that's oh, Leviathan, isn't it? Being con- like that's yeah. being controlled by Leviathan. So like what's the whole deal with that? Huh. That's a good point. I don't I guess I never really thought about it too much into the whole why he would uh be attacking them, but I guess maybe because it's a because when you're a Cenobite it takes on the personality traits of the person that, you know, is becoming it. And because Chenard is such like a egotistical person that he feels that he's more powerful than any of the other Cenobites, that that's him showing his powers by taking them out. Now, you want to know what I think? I would like to hear. Because this <laughs> is just, um, this is me stretching with part three and all that shit. Yeah. Too. Uh, so, Chenard is sent by Leviathan to kill the Cenobites because they've become too sympathetic. Because then, remember in part three, like all of a sudden Pinhead just kills anybody. Yep. It's no longer, there's no more like whatever. Cause then there's the actual Elliot Spencer character, like the world war one army dude. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's like fighting pinhead in that one. That's my theory that like the Cenobites became too that's, like sympathetic. That's actually people. not too far off of a, uh, of a theory too. Now that I'm thinking about it, because, um, if you look at the end when uh, when Shannard as a Cenobite is killing the other ones, Chatterbox, when he turns back to a human, is a kid. He's not an adult or anything. So it just shows that even as like a f- being a kid, the Cenobites would fucking take you, torture you and do whatever they wanted to you. So for them to be dealing with Kirsty the way they have been is way too much sympathy when they would easily tear apart the soul of a child. So that's actually a yeah. really good thought that you have. There you right. go. See, put that on fucking Wikipedia, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. <Good> knowledge. <laughs> knowledge, bro. Knowledge. Leviathan, though, that's a sick fucking thing with the black light and that horn. Oh, so good. Damn. I, I love, love the overshot of the maze, too. Like the Hell's Maze that's going on. Oh, the matte painting? Yeah, oh, really shit, dude, great. That's one of my... That's, I love matte paintings like that at the end of like from dusk till dawn when they show the back of the club and it's the matte painting of like the Mayan temple. Really great. Right. Damn. I love it. Imagine me being able to paint one of those. Like where it's like real enough to be used in a movie. Damn. Um, so how did, you know, one thing I didn't ask before, how did you guys first see this movie? Oh, just renting it from like blockbuster. You rented this, like just yeah, because I was renting all the horror movies that I can. And did you see the first one and then rented this? Or yeah, you... I, re- I probably rented them at the same time. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I it, like I don't know, maybe junior year of high school. I got pretty obsessed with Clive Barker, and that's when I got into like reading his books and stuff, and watching the movies and Nightbreed and uh, Lords of Illusion and everything. So probably around that time period, I watched everything that was out of his. That's pretty awesome. I think I started seeing this maybe in like maybe late elementary school, early middle school, like on TV. I remember this being on TV all the time. Uh, I think I saw the first one after this. I think I saw this first. 
So this, I believe, was my first introduction to the series. That might be why it holds uh, a special place, and you consider it the best out of the three. Then a lot of people think this. Is yeah, really bad. a I, lot of people I, think this. Is oh, I have such one. an argument with that. I don't think it's the best out of the three. Oh, I don't. I think the first one is, but people think. Well, I, I okay. Agree with that. So why do you why do you think the first one is better? I just like I just I just like the story. <laughs> you think it's simpler in the first movie? Yeah, it's and it, I feel like I feel like the the grittiness kind of adds to it. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's more memorable. Yeah. And so, I feel like, and also I feel like they're like stylistically, they look completely yeah. different. Cause they remember the first movie, that whole movie is just uncle Frank trying to come back. Yeah. It was, it's that is only, that is only a fraction of this part too. Yeah. Cause like Julia gets brought back and like, then there's more. I guess for me, I, cause I read everything. It's just like this, the first one really nails the feeling of how the story you know read out whereas this one becomes very stylistic and very uh playing to a certain demographic of horror fans i think at the time so i feel like the first one it just has that clive barker thing going on through and through where i'm not saying this one doesn't it just feels like this is clive barker pulled back a little bit for the general audience but I feel like this also has like a ton of like equally memorable parts compared to the first movie. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with Chenard, like people know that fucking part. Uh, the whole thing with uh, Uncle Frank basically tricking Kirsty to come to hell when he like appears as a skinless person in the room and writes, help me, I'm in hell. Oh, and that, that scene alone right there, the help me, I'm in hell. That image is, is iconic as fuck. Everyone knows, you know, that's almost one of the things as the box and as pinhead is that image of the skinless person in the the hospital. I I think that that's like uh, an extremely memorable thing from the Hellraiser series. And I feel like the first movie, like all the stuff that's really like super, super memorable is like the feeding on yeah. people and like uh, sh- her the- bringing people to the house for him, for Frank to kill. Yeah. You know, and I feel like this has a lot more like variety. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of there's more yeah. more aspects to this movie than just uh, Uncle Frank trying to come back. But I think I like it because it's a little more simpler. I like I just like the blood coming through the floor and like you know you see the thing like pulsing under the floorboard. Yeah, and like it just it just seemed like I don't know I just feel like they're too completely different. I think the effects are better in this one. No, yeah, they are. But that's I definitely I like the whole thing like when the people are coming out of the fucking uh, are coming out of the the mattress and. Mm -hmm. All that shit. That stuff is awesome. Oh, there's definitely a, a lot of great elements to this movie. It's just a little slow, in my opinion. And I think what the first one has going for it is it has a traditional horror movie feel. This one is a little bit more psychological, a little bit more to think about. Whereas you get, you know, your your jump scares and your gore and all that stuff in the first one, which kind of makes it a quick, nice little, you know, fun watch. Whereas this one, you really got to get into. You got to think about what's going on with these characters and Dr. Chenard and all that shit. I feel like there's a little too much in the hospital. Yeah, agreed. You know what I mean? Um, between the beginning and like when they actually go to hell, too I much. feel like there's a lot of, yeah, wow. there's a lot of just like dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. And it's not exactly like, 
You know, everything you need to know happen, like you see it in hell. You know? Yeah. And like the whole everything movie starts with a recap there. of the first one, which they don't need to do. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. You don't have to show what Are you, you fucking ended real? the first Last movie time with. I'm on Hellraiser. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> not needed. Reel? I love the highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm like, in this movie, like, do you really need to they know what happened? That to get the dad in there. Yeah. Cause they, but they, they show like flashbacks in this the movie, movie to the, yeah. you know? You don't have to yeah. show it in the beginning. She Damn. goes and tells the whole thing about Uncle Frank finding the box, being able to open it, all that stuff. She says that. Yeah, she tells you Dr. Chenard I mean? the entire fucking story. <laughs> yeah. And that, what, what, Silent Night, Dead Night 2? What? Well, oh, yeah, dude, that's yeah. my favorite one. Isn't that just a recap? Of just yeah. Like the whole, yeah, there's only, like, there's only like 21 minutes of original <laughs> yeah. footage in it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Something stupid, stupid like that. Oh, it's, awesome. it's, it's like... That's the equivalent of like the second to last episode of like a TV series just doing like the callbacks. Where it's like, you remember that time, Jerry Seinfeld, when we went to the pizza place and they show that like classic episode. That was like a, that's like a big sitcom trope. Because <sighs> the second to last episode of a series is like yeah. the flashback one. So, Another thing. Clip show. Oh, oh go ahead. Go, go, go. Uh, so put the, the, what I consider the only three. Uh, Hellraiser movies that matter in order for you guys as to what your favorites are one two and three. Oh, that's easy that's two one three for me I, I I haven't seen three in so long so you'd just say one two three one two three yeah I, I remember that nightclub scene it's yeah fantastic so it's my cool. my I had my chains maybe I'll watch it and you should it out. it's it's a one three two three. for sure up two. yeah it's you know, I have a feeling I'm like wait did more. you say one three two one really? three two man and it's a close one three could go back and forth because three is yeah. is really great. You know, I didn't see part three until I think later on. Monsters I HD. Yeah. We watched we did we did a yeah. Hellraiser night. We watched it. Yeah, yeah. Monsters HD. R.I.P. <laughs> come back. Hey guys, make Baby, us come back. Yeah, make us <laughs> extremely rich and we'll we'll restart <laughs> Monsters HD. We have a Patreon. Just you can for start you. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 do it right. We'll do it right. So the special effects and you know all the set design, it's all really fucking awesome in this, right? The music, that's another thing. Oh yeah, we okay, need to actually touch on let's that. talk about that, dude. The fucking score to this movie is insane. Very good. That main theme is fucking crazy. The fucking like jewelry box, uh, little like tune that plays when they're in like when the Cenobites are coming yeah. and in other parts of hell. It's fucking awesome. The soundtrack makes this movie better than it already is, for sure. It helps yeah. so yeah. much. Super gothic fucking sounding shit. Damn. It really see that's when like a, a soundtrack puts a movie over to like the next level. They were sound the soundtrack when like on this tape. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth it. Go get it. If you could buy it somewhere, go get it. Uh so you know. This movie's got a lot of cool shit in it. What is some of your guys' favorite scenes? Uh, I really, really love the beginning after they show all that stupid flashback shit. You get the yeah. uh, quick little, like, not story, but a quick little video of uh, of how Pinhead becomes Pinhead. I absolutely love the way that's filmed. It's not, like, stop Dude. motion, but it's got this weird, 
kind of yeah. thing going on where you see it's like missing frames yeah kind i think of. that's probably what's going on there. and like you see how he gets the lashes in his head and each nail being drived in uh, i really really love that um uh, other great scenes in this movie uh i really like the emerging of julia from the mattress that is so fucking yeah. cool uh, because you, it, it's just like this whole buildup with the guy cutting himself with the bugs and he's bleeding out and then she just fucking emerges and Rear takes a hold of him. Some. Yeah, and it's it's I fucking like that whole wild. Wrestling scene where yeah. it's just like you can Kyle's like, hiding behind the thing and like the guy's going to reach for the fucking so if drape. You, if you're a fan of the show, the first I'll give five dollars to the first person that. Uh, puts the Benny Hill theme over that scene. <laughs> Imagine being Kyle though there, dude. How fucking wild would that be that you're like in that room experiencing this and you're just hiding behind a goddamn curtain. Dude, what if he I stepped out with like the a, bathroom? What if he stepped out with like a three fifty seven and just blew everybody in the <laughs> room away? Would that have, yeah, would that would that have been the end of it? You know? <laughs> he walks in the been it. After, a different she movie. Gets, after she she gets the guy like she's been wrestling with, uh-huh. he, 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 he blows he her come, away. He, he he just comes out and goes. So the bathroom's on the left, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That would be like in, in like Halloween when Michael Myers goes to kill the guy for the jumpsuit, and the first one the guy has a gun and just blows him away. That's the end of the movie, yeah, right. Like <laughs> I just saved you guys fifteen years of good movies and not so great movies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what's really funny? I I like the whole Elliot Spencer thing, like yeah. pre Pinhead, uh, Doug Bradley. I like that it's like 1921, like India. You know what I mean? He's a British soldier. It's and he's like all fucking crazy looking. It's so cool, right? And then they explain later on in the series that he had like survivor's guilt and all this shit, and he was in some fucked up stuff in World War One. I really that's a great scene. It's a great he's got a great backstory. Yeah, and like like Rumi's in, it's like super long. He's sitting there in the floor, like Indian style. What if you think that like that shit's a toy and you'd solve it wrong and you get chains thrown at you? Yeah, well, it's, it's a horrible, it's a, well, it's a horrible thing that. to have in your house <laughs> around. Um so Anthony, what are some of your favorite scenes? No, I do I do like the, the birth of Pinhead scene. It's great. Like seeing him like being what you guys just said. Um, I what I what's the I I even don't know I like the scene where the I forgot the character's name where he gets like dragged into like that like kind of just like the the giant tentacle basically and it, like it kind of just like yeah that that Shinar it gets like gets like cut like there's like guitar strings just yeah. come across his face yeah when he, they turn oh when the penis is sucking his head <laughs> the yeah, big, yeah. And I, I like. Well, the the one before, and you see all like the red, the, the blood coming out, and the blue yeah. coming in. It's kind of, and um, I just like the first one. Uh, I um, <laughs> I'm thinking. I get, I guess, I don't want to copy everyone. I, I really, I do like the. The, the like the emerging from the bed is great. Yeah. And the, the wrestling scene's really. I didn't steal the good ones. The wrestling scene, but it's. It, I I think that the reason why I like that scene more or a lot is because um the unsettling like it's going on for a while. Yeah. Like they're on the floor. Yeah. It's a long fight. It's a long scene. It's like it's, a history of violence. And, yeah, and it starts with like that whole the whole like like the razor blade. So you're coming back from watching a guy just like cutting at his chest there's now maggots. he's wrestling a yeah naked it's a lot woman, of a skinless woman from I, hell i think that's the most <laughs> i think that's like the the biggest like sequence of the whole film for me is that yeah. like sticks out in my that's head fucking awesome 
It's like it's like seven minutes. Yeah. Think about it. It's cool. The long scene. You I get really... the merge. You well, you get the maggots. You get the slicing. Then you get the merge. Then you get the wrestling. Yeah. And then you get bloody hands around a house. It's like fucking awesome sequence, dude. It's it's well. That's why the movie feels a little slow before it goes to hell, yeah. right? Literally. Uh, I really like the scene where they first reveal Leviathan. That I think that's cool as fuck. It's very like uh, Lovecraftian. Oh yeah. Right. It's like something it's epic. you know. Yeah, like un like you can't comprehend what it is or what it does, and like you're just you're fucked. Uh, it's it's like flashing, and you're you're seeing things from your childhood. This scene's also very good. Uh, the, the 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 um the whole room, like when she gets into this. Like, oh yeah. yeah, and they're all there. Yeah, this is what made me thought this should have been a haunted house. That's all thing, dude. It's fucking awesome. Uh, like you said before, the the scene where he, he's becoming Pinhead. Yeah. How it like has that weird blurry like 80s music video look to it. It's <laughs> yeah. cool. That was the one thing of the pacing I didn't like of the beginning of the movie where it's it's like I feel like they threw everything in for like just like oh here's the highlight and then here's the birth of Pinhead and then the movie starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like here you go people this is what you want and now we here's the movie. I also Ta-da. I also like all the Dr. Chenard like one-liners. Like oh, uh, you have your whole lives behind you now. It's like what a yo. That's a good call. When he's a fucking Cenobite, his lines are fire, dude. He says some of the coolest, most like spiteful, evil shit you can imagine. I I I noticed that today. What was was on the agenda? Oh yeah, evisceration. (laughs) Dude, he has so many fucking awesome. Mike's gonna start cosplaying as fucking Doctor Shinar. Yeah, yeah. Great costume. It's going to be me. Your case is closed, <laughs> Tiffany. I'm afraid it's terminal. Uh, and all that shit's fucking awesome. This movie rules, man. Mm-hmm. So, why don't we uh why don't we get to the chase scale and uh see what you guys give it. The Cinematic Hell Appreciation Scale of Excellence. Okay, Anthony. Uh, what do you what do you rate this one? I give this movie a four two four point two. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. It's pretty bad. solid, Grizz. What, what about you? It's like it's not a one. It doesn't go in the threes. It's above a one. <laughs> four point two. Uh, let's see. I like this movie a lot. I kind of rag on it a little bit here today, but. Um, in the grand scheme of horror movies, this this would be one that I would be uh, amiss not to own and not to watch at least once a year. Um, this has got to be a strong like four point four point five for sure. I love this movie. I, this is my favorite one. If anybody ever asked to like, oh, like which Hellraiser movie should I watch? I would tell them to watch this one because you get the story of the first yeah. and they add to it and you get a little bit more and there's like more weird shit in this movie. Uh, I really enjoy it. I I give this one a four point eight. Uh, That's pretty good. Definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely find it. Definitely find yeah. it. Definitely watch it. The tape's pretty cheap. Get the unrated version. Uh, you will not be disappointed, especially when Doctor Chenard's head gets ripped off at the end. And like right? uh, what you were just saying, how like you can watch this one, you get a little bit of the first, and you get this story. It's all good. 
I think that's why I like the third one so much is that you could pretty much not see these first two start the third one and understand and get an idea of what's going on the whole time. And it's like a whole separate story. That's just pretty fun and gnarly. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. So why don't we get to the back of the box? And speaking of the back of the box, we have a picture here of the female Cenobite and Pinhead wearing surgical scrubs, (laughs) right? (laughs) Now this scene was filmed. You can find it on YouTube. It's in all the, you know, special editions as bonus features it was cut from the film because it sucks but they decided to put the promo photo on the back of the box yeah it's cool as fuck looking though right (laughs) for kirsty cotton the nightmares never end still fresh in her fevered memory are his father's skin corpse the evil uh, machinations of her uncle Frank's reanimated body and the unspeakable perversity of the Cenobites. But for Kirsty, the worst is yet to come. From beyond the outer darkness, from the darkest regions of the imagination, comes Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Dr. Chenard reopens the channel between dimensions, making an unholy alliance that will once again propel Kirsty into the horrifying world beyond. And for a second time, she must confront the dark desires of the demonic Cenobites and the awesome powers of the Master Leviathan, <laughs> Lord of Hell's Labyrinth. Between this world and the next, between extreme pleasure and excruciating pain, between salvation and the utter horror, there is Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Well, hot damn. That's a good back of the box, damn. Somebody had a thesaurus. It was definitely Clive Barker writing that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Definitely, definitely check it out. We recommend it highly. Why don't we uh, get to porno corno, guys? I cannot wait. Let's hear what we got this week. Thanks for tuning in to another blood rushing episode of Porno Corno. This week, we squeeze our heads into E3 the Extra Testicle from the literal sick mind of Lulu Latouche. Quick disclaimer, here at Porno Corno Headquarters, we condemn all forms of sexual assault. Our support today of E3 the Extra Testicle is an admiration of the work of art that it is and not the actions of associated parties. Diving into E3, the viewer is immediately met with an obsessed sci-fi nerd nose deep in his book while his top-heavy lover strives for his attention. Faster than you can unzip, they are abducted onto an alien spacecraft, finding they are not alone. The now five abductees are greeted by E3, who tells them they are collecting information on human sexual perversions. E3 takes photo and video on his damn Japanese camera while the Earthlings go out of this world with lust. Most notable in the cast of E3 are Lana Burner from 1985's Ladies of the 80s. And you never have to look too far for a hard connection between us and Bad Taste Video as Bunny Blue, also the star of 1995's Anal Hellraiser. The sexual fantasies continue to roll, both adrift in space and back on Earth, with beautiful lighting, down-to-the-point scenes, and top-shelf acting. This 1985 gem will leave your eyes pried to the tube of this fantasy, 
or maybe reality. Our VHS copy this week is from L.A. Giant Collector's Video in a thick yellow clamshell with only a tagline. After a million years in space, he comes to Earth for a good time. Well, before Mike plays me off the stage this week, we will blast off ourselves. Treat them sleazy. Okay, so we're in the video Dropbox, but I just gotta say, I uh, I feel like I'm I'm actually learning something, thanks to Porno Corno. Yes. Right. I'm so I'm so glad to have that as a part of the show. There it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay, so the video Dropbox this week, uh, we watched Hellbound Hellraiser two. Next week, as you know, we're gonna do. A topical episode right and we were talking before and we were like you know what uh, we're really in the mood to watch some bullshit that we had to watch in high school right the movies that we were stuck seeing in theaters instead of Halloween and Friday the 13th we got I know what you did last summer right and uh, urban legend and shit Dreams. like that we're gonna do the return to teen horror right uh, a time period in the late 80 uh the late 90s and the early 2000s like where there was yeah like there was a resurgence of Three. franchise movies right uh you know the whole i'm picturing all the vhs covers in, in my trouble. head <laughs> well, yeah think about well yeah, yeah i would I, say it starts with screen ends with Ends with um, the Fre um, Fre Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and there's Freddy versus Jason was the, goes into that whole yeah going into properties. And there's a whole bunch of stuff also yeah. that was shot on video at the time or digital video yeah. at least uh, that was also very similar. I think it's going to be a very uh, interesting episode. I think we are going to have a lot to say about that one. A lot of recommendations probably. Okay, so Anthony, what did you get? What did you buy? Did you I watch got, anything? I got um, got this movie called Bicycle Thieves, which is one of my one of my favorite older films. Um, just got the Blu-ray of it. I also, well, I it's not a movie, but I did get um, I purchased uh, another cinema camera. Oh, there you go. Um, it was just another pocket, like it was an older um, it's the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera. I had, my main camera is the 4K one, but this is one that came out in 2013. It's great, and it literally could, it's no civilization, 1080 max, but it could literally fit in your pocket, and you have cinema-grade footage anytime let, you want. Let Anthony film uh, your your next childbirth. Yes, I did. I did it generally <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Didn't light the forest on fire. No, fire, just smoke bombs. Oh, man. Just, just blue smoke bombs. There you go. See? It's a boy. 
It's a boy. Had a baby. Had a baby. Oh, dude. <laughs> Had a baby. It's a boy. Oh, yeah, Coke. <laughs> In case you don't know, that's a great commercial. Yeah, yeah. Had a baby. It's a boy. Oh, man. I remember those days. And then. Mom, I, come pick me up. And I think I already said I, I pre ordered a bunch of. Uh, the Elephant Man should be coming next week. Sick. And I pre ordered Moonstruck because that movie's great. It's for everybody. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Is that the share movie? Yeah, movie's awesome. People Damn. gotta watch. People sleep on it. Didn't the Lowe's Theater have a Moonstruck poster? It did. All right. People think it's just like a romantic, like a romantic kind of comedy. Movies. Nicholas Cage is crazy in that movie. Yeah, dude. Awesome. A big. I strongly recommend. I know it's weird on this podcast. I strongly recommend that people go watch Moonstruck. Yeah, I'm not gonna back that recommendation, but if it's, you want to listen to Anthony, go it's, ahead. It's not. It's not what you think. For years, you know how long I didn't watch. It took forever for me to watch Tootsie and realize how good of a movie that is. True. Tootsie's a great movie. People think they're gonna watch something else. And yeah. Tootsie's just a fucking hilarious movie. I, I haven't watched that. Watch one in a Tootsie too. I watched Twins too. also. Twins. Maybe I'll give that one another Twins? shot. Twins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grizz, what about you? I uh, continued my acquisition of low-budget foreign splatter movies this week. Uh, with the 1997 shot on video German movie Dance of the Pumpkinhead, and that was a really fucking cool movie. Um, it, it, it's, it's it's good in a movie as in the sense that it's foreign, and I didn't have to really understand what was being said to really understand the movie. Um, it's a real simple, you know, scene by scene where it's a really just for those over the top kill gags and stuff like that. Um, it's something that I'm going to have to make a copy for you, Mike, because you will absolutely love this shit. Yeah. If you own an original, hit me up. Give it to me. Yeah. Let Mike have that shit. Dude. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah, please, me. please. That's a really cool, uh, a cool video. Maybe we're going to have to, we're going to have to maybe give you a, a segment where you could talk about some of these. I things. would love to talk about some foreign splatter, dude. You get me on a roll. I won't stop. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff out there that people don't really know about because it's not, it was never released here. Right? Very true. Oh, you'll never see it. Yeah. Yeah. I got something from you this week. Thanks was, to the post office. And you I was didn't here. Get, yeah. You didn't get something from me. Yeah. It's coming. Anthony Tomorrow. was actually here when I opened that package. So it's like you sent it to both of us. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I got a, a Tempe video release of the Sandman, the J.R. Bookwalter movie. Yes. You I own both copies now. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, one copy is uh, I got a clean, but you know. I, I still got it. You own it. Uh, I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. It's so weird to like just watching it. The Sandman, got, right? Uh, Himself. Yeah, like the character, like giant fucking hooded creature with these superimposed like rotoscoped eyes, <laughs> and it's like skeleton hands dropping dust on sleeping weird people. Uh, you have Matthew Jason Walsh doing the score. He's in it. He plays like a bratty teenager that was kicked out of his house for not having a job. Once again, great awesome. score. Fucking great yeah, score. Kills it. Kills it. Uh, and I also got a, a Japanese release of Zombie, one of the ones I needed. There so I go. need like, there's one more I'm after. So if, you know, One and done, baby. There. That's it. Yeah, I got a lot of these movies. Damn. <laughs> Uh, other than that, I think that was really it. This oh, I got a another copy of um, shit. Now I can't think about it. I just had it. Uh, another copy of Combat Shock. Sorry, because mine was moldy and it was like too far oh, gone. Oh, the Prism so. release. Yeah. So speaking I, uh, of movies with great fucking soundtracks, that's honestly one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. 
Yeah, yeah, that movie's fucking awesome. Great movie. Uh, but that's that's really it. So, Anthony, I would I would fucking run out of that room. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where can they find you on the internet? Um, a um, a Bassini on Instagram and anthonybassini.com. Uh, Chris, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Wherever you're listening to us, please rate us five stars, subscribe, leave us a good review. All of that stuff helps. We have a Patreon if you want to uh, help us out with the hosting costs and all that stuff. That'd be cool. If not, you know, we'll go fuck ourselves. That's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go check out all our friends, right? Um, E.K. Wimmer. Over at Laser Graves, right? You'll hear him on here occasionally. Super Tad Film Club, all these fucking uh, horror flicks and guitar picks. Fright all Vision. People, all right. Yeah, Fright Vision. You know, I'm excited for them to eventually come back. Pumped, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot uh, they're on a, a little bit of a break right now. They're just crafting for the next upgrading. season of greatness. Yeah. Upgrading. Uh, we're almost in October, guys. We're going to have to think of something for Halloween. Oh, this we're going to bring it. Yeah. Right. Anthony and I should go like do something from like a haunted area. Yeah. Right. We'll bring out, we'll bring out the portable recorders. We'll go out there. We'll record something. Look oh, for yeah. some white horses. Yeah. Yeah. Some white horses. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not get murdered. Yeah. Maybe the Mothman. Maybe the we'll moth spot man. the Mothman. Moth yeah. A lot of things out here, man. The Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go to the Amityville Horror House. No. Nah, it's not haunted. That was bullshit. The, <laughs> son, the, the son was just like a drug addict and like killed his family. Blah, blah, blah. Which, which is very big Long Island energy. Yeah, yeah. Very- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said last week. Sandra Long Island, okay? For all our Hamptons listeners. Yeah, yeah. We don't, yeah fuck you guys. Yeah. Hampton listeners. I, I work out there. A lot I'll fight anybody out there. Don't say I I'll fight anybody. Let's do it. No, he doesn't mean it. Liv Schreiber, you're it. out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's, he's Monta. Let's do it. I'm a native. <laughs> uh, anything else, guys? Anything you want you go to go to a Spirit Halloween yet? Go to a Spirit Halloween yet? No, I'm trying not to. No oh, shit. You going to go to one, Grizz? Go buy a gallon of fake blood? I'm not going to a Spirit Halloween. No? You're not going to? Uh, you're not going <laughs> to? I have, I have two good. fog machines now. So. Damn. Anthony, when we, do our, when we do our Halloween, we should do a live Halloween one. Like, not what? like on Halloween, but like we'll do our our taping of that episode live. Oh, oh like, wow, of, man! We're really gonna put yeah, something live. I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Dude, we'll just fill the room with fucking spooky smoke. We can literally just give each other our own. Like each person has their own. Just keep hitting me in the face like where Qs are. Maybe it's a game. Dude, Qs are still around, Grizz. Down Good here, we Lord. have a Qzars, though. Yeah, so if, when you come down, we'll go play. I'm down, yeah, it's dude. Actually, hey, if you think about it, it's a very good uh, social distancing game to play. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, by now, everybody stopped listening, so, like, you could just say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want. Anthony, you got a secret you want to tell people? Uh, Anthony shot JFK. He's the grassy knoll sniper. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. The driver did. The driver <laughs> shot. All right. We'll see you next week. The driver did it.